Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. All right, Ian, uh, it is day 14 of training camp that's we're recording you were out there today which is great so we're going to get some awesome insight i believe from what you've seen and obviously there's a lot going on in training camp but i want to jump right in and just talk about uh some of the stuff that that coach fangio uh talked about so vic fangio was asked by the media about the quarterback rotation for thursday's game by the way this was the last practice before the first preseason game after the hall of fame game which was a scrimmage and so it doesn't really count as a game, but it is a game. I don't know. This is this is labeled preseason game one if you look at their schedule. So that's how we're going to address the NFL, it. The NFL is plopping it out there and expecting it to perform. Yeah, they are. That's well-placed. Well-plopped, Ian. That was well-plopped. <laughs> but uh, when he was asked about the quarterback rotation, I thought this was really interesting. Uh, I'll, I'm just going to read it straight from the, the quotes here. Uh, QB Joe Flacco is going to start and play some. We're going to bring in quarterback Kevin Hogan, and he'll play some. Quarterback Drew Locke will get a bit of that, a good bit of the rest of it. And quarterback Brett Rippon may or may not play in the game. I think it'll be a little, a little, and a lot. Okay, let me just, <laughs> before we get into all of that, the, the last sentence of this quote, 
as a um, as a language arts teacher and someone who has to grade things like this, I think it'll be a little, a little and a lot. What? <laughs> that you can't be a little and a lot, a little, a little bit country and a lot of bit rock and roll. What are we doing here, Vic? That was. A, Vic Fangio, maybe not the best grammatically uh, in this particular sense, but I think there's a couple of really interesting things in this quote, and I'm going to start at the back. Brett Rippon may or may not get any playing time, a little or a lot. I don't know which one, but may not get any, zero. So in the scrimmage they played, his game-winning touchdown drive amounted for nothing. As it should, because it was all about the catch by Juwan Winfrey. Great catch. Excellent concentration. In terms of the a little, a little, and a lot, I think it's in reference to the three quarterbacks. Joe Flacco is a little. Kevin Hogan is a little. Drew Locke is a lot. And it's about the playing time. I, I see I see what you're saying there. I just didn't like the sentence structure. That's all. Like I, I can I can piece that puzzle together, but come on. Vic, let's let's clean it up a little. There's there's people out there that don't that don't have you know a certain set of skills like Ian who can just figure it out and move on. People more like me who are like, wait, what? What it does is shows that Joe Flacco and the starters are going to play, which is typical of the first preseason game that comes after the Hall of Fame game. Nevertheless. I'm actually excited to see Joe Flacco in the offense, even if it's just for a series, because I've seen them numerous times out at practice. They've had their moments. They've had their ups and downs. I think they've they've strung some some good practices together. I think they've I think they closed out prior to the Hall of Fame game. They closed out with consecutive practices, which is strong practices, which is what Andrew Mason and some of the others have wanted to see. It's what I wanted to see. And I think they've been able to do that since the Hall of Fame game. So I'm actually excited to see what Flacco and the Broncos' number one offense looks like against another defense because they've been going against the Broncos' defense for close to three weeks now. So to to get a different defense, to, to test some of the things that they've been working on over, of course, OTAs, minicamp, and now training camp, I very rarely get excited about a preseason game, but I'm actually, I'm kind of excited about this because I, I it's the first time we're going to see Joe Flacco. I remember when Peyton Manning played his first preseason game in 2012, how exciting that was. I'm not saying it's as exciting, but it's definitely something that we haven't had in a while. And on when on, or on uh, Tuesday, Flacco was asked about what he wants to get out of this week's preseason game against the Seahawks. Flacco said, you just want to go get your feet wet a little bit. You want to feel live action. Again, bodies flying around you guys getting hit and taking care of the football. Most importantly, you want to go out there and you want to move the ball. And you want to gain confidence as a group that you can go out there and do it when it counts. On whether the offense has continued to build momentum during the last week, which is what I just touched on. Yeah, I think so. Once you start playing these games, it's not quite as easy to go out there and run a million plays. Vic has done a good job of kind of working us hard and resting us also around these games. We had a good amount of time off between the fact that we 
Most of the starters didn't play in the Hall of Fame game. We came back and had two really good days. Now this is a day, Tuesday, where we kind of got more ready for Seattle. It's just one of those things where you have to make the most of your reps when the, when that starts to become the case, because that's how the season goes too. Once the season starts, you're not in training camp practices running 110 plays like we have been. So you have to make the most of what you've got. And I think we have a group that's working toward getting better at doing it. So again, I'm just excited to see what the Broncos offense looks like against another defense. I'm excited to see what Joe Flacco looks like. And I think ideally both of us would like to see in their first series, they move the ball. They use the various weapons that they have, run the ball, utilize a little play action, maybe get Joe Flacco to use some of those bootlegs, get the tight end involved a little bit, maybe try to chuck it deep to Cortland Sutton. Who knows? I just want to see them move the ball, and if they come away with points, even better. But I just want to see – see them move the ball and gain a little confidence as Flacco said. You know what I don't want to see? And, and I think this is important. I don't want to see Greek. Uh, I don't want to see Steve Antonopoulos out on the field uh, attending to anybody. I want to see all of the, the starters on both offense and defense. If they play, when they play, uh, they, they get out of there without any, um, without any injuries. And we talk about this every year. Every year we talk about it. Almost, almost every time we do a, a podcast during training camp, this comes up, and I think this is a good time for it. I, I want to see the offense move. I want to see. A, I want to see a few wrinkles. Although I think you're going to get a very vanilla offense. But most of all, and I think I voiced this in our in our uh, in your in the little roundtable we did about what we wanted to see from the the Hall of Fame game. I said bubble wrap. Like that's what I wanted. I, I'm kind of still in that same vein. I, I think that like Seattle isn't even going to play most of their starters, from what I understand. So. Uh, It'll be nice to see the offense against a different defense other than the Broncos defense, but they're still not going to be up against a first string defense. And I'm fine with them. Just go out there, get your three to six plays in. Cause that's probably what you're going to see. Like, I'm not going to get too hyped up about it. And then get out of there, get out of there, get off the sideline, go take a shower, get, get in front of a TV, put a nice warm blanket over you and just hide so that you can't get injured. That's, that's what I'm hoping for. All right. Another, um, area to look at is always the offensive line uh, and that's been a big area of concern for the Denver Broncos for I don't even want to say how many years uh, at this point but um, when Vic Fangio was asked about uh, whether or not Jawan James and Ron Leary were going to see some playing time on Thursday uh, he gave a, a very short Jawan will Ron won't so it looks like Jawan James is going to go he's going to play presumably just that first series and then Ron Leary will play none of those series he's going to sit it out so um you know keeping keeping the kid gloves on for ron leary for sure making sure he's not going to get hurt because he's struggled with his health and his ability to be on the field juan james on the other hand i suppose they put him out there to make sure that uh he he gets more reps with the group of guys that are going to be on the field with him and i think that's probably a good thing at least one series just to see how he looks and one of the guys that stood out in the hall of fame game is Dalton Reisner at left guard. And I, I think he's going to be one of those players to watch, not just because he's from Wiggins and he's a Broncos fan and he's back home playing for the team he grew up rooting for. It's because I think he's a very, very good football player. And he was asked on Tuesday after practice on how the offense and offensive line need to grow from the first game 
to the second game. Reisner said, that's what preseason games are for. I look at having the Hall of Fame game as an extra opportunity to get better. You have four preseason games for a reason. That's for growing. That's when you make your mistakes. I'd rather play in each one of these preseason games and make a ton of mistakes and go out there Monday night against the Raiders and have a kick-ass game. That's what it's all about. It's growing every single day, not only in the games, but every day out here in practice. Well spoken. I like the way he approaches that. And then he was also asked on if there's extra excitement playing with QB Joe Flacco on Thursday. Reisner said, of course, I'm sure that Joe is getting is going to do an extremely good job, and I look up to Joe Flacco a ton. Shoot, I think I might have been a middle school whenever he won the Super Bowl for the Ravens. Being out here blocking for him is an honor. I think uh, I take a lot of pride in blocking for him because I know that he knows what he's doing, and he works his butt off every day in practice. My job every day is to go out there and protect him. I have to say, the fact that he threw in a shoot reminds me of all the times I covered Cheyenne Frontier Days because that is a total rodeo cowboy quote, shoot. Shoot. And I, think it, I think it'd be awesome to see Dalton Reisner as a steer wrestler. I think that would be awesome to see. That could be cool. You know, the shoot actually made me think of Jeffrey. Jeff Essery is, uh, is, is one that speaks like that as well with his galls and his dangs. He even types like that, which drives me nuts. So uh, I think that they're somewhat kindred spirits with the way that they um, <laughs> the way that they speak with that sort of, I don't want to call Dalton Reisner's drawl a southern drawl because it's not, but that sort of humble, sort of down-home, aw shucks attitude that kind of, I'm not going to swear here because I don't want to, although he did say kick ass, which I like. I think it just shows his down-home roots that you get from living in a population of like 10 in Wiggins. It's 12. Come on, be nice. How, I wonder if we'll get some flack for that, for the, for the you know, po- what is the population of Wiggins? We'll look it up. We'll tell you next time. Uh, I don't think we need to get into it hundred. now. So it's, a, it's a few hundred. I remember, I remember going out there. It's, it's not very big, but it's, it's there. So, you know, you, you know it's there. <laughs> I, I, I think it's cool that 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 you're already getting that kind of leadership from a rookie in Dalton Reisner, which is when you, if you go back and listen to our podcast with Andrew Mason, we asked Mace whether or not Dalton Reisner could be a guy who helps out Garrett Bowles. And I think that's another example that he, he is, and he will. Yeah. I, th- I think that's great. And it's, it's clear that Dalton Reisner is, excited he's he's got an opportunity to do something that we all grow up dreaming about and that's playing for your favorite team and so i'm you know i'm rooting for him and he he always seems he also seems to be a a pretty good guy off the field and and this is one that i kind of wanted to talk about you brought it up before we started recording i had seen it uh earlier as well i think it's cool uh he's got a a children's book out so he's he's multi-talented he's he's written a children's book and uh he's he's doing some pretty some pretty great things he has a great quote that Ryan Konisberg has, who's with BSN. Uh, he was asked about his the release of his children's book, and Reisner said, that's why I think I'm down here on Earth. I'd much rather be remembered as a kind-hearted person who had an impact on children than someone who is good at football. I think that quote pretty much sums up who and what Dalton Reisner is, and yeah. I think that's pretty freaking cool. I think I wrote a story after he was drafted, 
there's a, a video that he did with people from Manhattan, Kansas, who were fans of his when he played for the Wildcats. And I, I compared him. I, I've, I've created a, a, a phrase for players, a Mr. B Bronco. And Dalton Reisner, that's a, that quote, his children's book, all that he does and is off the field is a Mr. B Bronco. It is everything that Pat Bowen wanted from his organization and the players and the people who, who play or work for it. And I, 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 just, I think it's remarkable. Yeah, and you know, the other thing that I think is really exciting is he has the opportunity. I think he's already proven and will continue to prove that he's a good human being, a kind-hearted human being who's going to do things for people outside of football. I, I think what he's about to prove is that he can be both a great football player and a great human being, and, and you're absolutely right. That is something that fits the Denver Bronco mold and that Pat, that Pat Bowlen Bronco idea, which I absolutely love that phrase. Uh, is really something that I'm excited about with him. And, and to see that he's sort of a homegrown talent, I know Scotty's going to kill us for this because, oh, he's a homegrown talent. But you know what? It does. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel like uh, someone from where you're from was able to do something good, and that, that should make you feel good as well. So I, I really like it. I'm excited to see him play, and I'm, I'm rooting for his success in the NFL. An interesting dichotomy about it, is he will beat the crap out of you on the football field. <laughs> yes, he will. Yeah. And he, he was asked about that on being physical during the Hall of Fame game. Reisner said, that's just the type of offensive lineman I am. I learned that from Ron Leary. I learned that from the offensive lineman here. I just want to be more physical every game. I'm the type of guy that if I'm not putting a guy on the ground, I see that as an opportunity to be more physical. I had a good game last week, but I have a lot of room to improve and a lot of areas I need to do better in on Thursday. Boom. You know, when we talked about him during the draft process, I remember talking about some, you know, some of the plays that we had seen. I think it was at the senior bowl where he went out and just was just crushing guys and, and just putting guys on their backs. And um, I, I remember you were excited when we talked to Trevor Sycamore of the draft network. Uh, he was excited about him as a talent as well. Uh, I think that the Broncos may have, he may be the, the player of that draft. Um, just because he he looks like someone who could be a Denver Bronco for the next eight to twelve years and be successful in his role as a guard for the Broncos. That that to me is something that is very exciting, and he's got the attitude to be great on the field and great off the field, and that's what we love to see. To tease something that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, he's a tone setter for the offensive line. With yeah. the way that he plays and how nasty and physical he is, that'll force Garrett Bowles to pick up his nastiness and meanness, as well as Connor McGovern. You know Ronald Leary plays that way, and it'll rub off on Juwan James. So you have the makings here of an offensive line that not only wants to kick the crap out of you, but will. And if it doesn't, you're going to have two offensive line coaches that will – Try to find a way to egg you on to make sure that you do. Right. I think you've I think you've hit it on the on the head there. Hit the nail on the head. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'll get in there. Um, it's contagious, right? That type of attitude is contagious, and it, it could be setting a, a tone. And we will circle back to that phrase a little later. I think you're right, but there is uh, there is something there to be said about a guy like Dalton Reisner coming in and just just wanting to just 
demolish people on the field. And I think that that's going to be something that's, that's great. Uh, that's great to see. In terms of what the offense is going to be able to do, they added another piece over the weekend in signing Theo Riddick. And we, we touched on it a little bit. He's definitely a receiver in terms of what he is as a running back, which is weird because he was actually a receiver at Notre Dame. Yes, he was. He was, he was shifted to a running back when he was drafted by the Detroit Lions. So what's going to be interesting is how Rich Scangarello fits him in to his offense. Because I was telling you before we started recording, you can Sharpie Theo Riddick's name into this roster because he has a contract that guarantees him $1 million. You're not going to pay him $1 million and cut him in three weeks. No. So he's, he's going to be on the roster. He's on the team, which – which actually I think and we've we've sort of touched on this may spell disaster for a guy like Devontae Booker as far as be, continuing his career with the Denver Broncos. But he brings a certain uh, dynamic play that I think fits with what Rich Scangarello wants to do. Uh, I think that, um, you know, it doesn't mean that Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman are going to be pushed to the side. I don't think that that's going to be his role. He looks like a guy who's going to come in and – not necessarily take over on third down, but just give more options in, in different places. And so can you imagine having Philip Lindsay and, and Theo Riddick on the field at the same time? And, you know, which little guy do you decide to, to cover and who do you leave, you know, open? It's it's going to cause headaches for other defenses. And and I don't think that Devontae Booker brings that same sort of uh, – he just doesn't bring the same – dynamic performance onto the field. I do wonder, however, how that will impact the the kicking game. Because I, I every time I think about this, I go back to Mace talking about Devontae Booker looking like the guy who was going to do kick returns. Does that mean Theo Riddick is going to do kick returns? Who Who's going to take over that role, and how important is that going to be moving forward? I think that's, that's going to be an interesting thought. Here's an interesting thought. I was talking with some of the people out at training camp on Tuesday. And what if Theo Riddick isn't a running back? He's what he was at Notre Dame, and he's utilized as a slot receiver. So who in the receiver mix gets left out? That's really what you're getting at. I think he's still going to be labeled as a running back, though, but he's utilized as a slot receiver. Does that? Do they still keep Devontae Booker on the – I guess that I go back to the roster question of does that mean Devontae Booker is on the roster still and the way that they use Theo Riddick allows him to stay because that would be a pretty incredible um, way to use him and utilize as much talent on the field as possible. I don't think it's a certainty that Devontae Booker will be cut. I think it's it's just a matter of you're not going to keep five running backs on the roster because that's what they would end up doing if they kept him. Because you have Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Theo Riddick, and then you add in Andy Janovich. So if you keep Devontae Booker, that's five running backs. There's no way they're going to keep five running backs. Yeah, it's too many running backs. I would agree with that. So so he's got to he's got to show out, and then who do you cut? I, I really think that's what it comes down to. You've got this group of running backs, and to me, he just seems like the guy who's on the outs because you know that uh, 
Rich Gangarello is going to find ways to use Andy Janovich. You know that Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman are your starters, right? They're going to be the two guys that really take the starting role. And then Theo Riddick, like you said, he's he's going to bring some some you know he's 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 going to give you options that I don't think Devontae Booker gives. And so you've got a veteran presence, you've got young talent, you've got you know a, a strong runner and pass catcher out of the backfield and, and Janovich and pretty much everybody else in that mix. Devontae Booker's a redundancy and he's he's not necessary. So. Unfortunately for him, I think that this is this has been fun, Devontae, and now go play for somebody else. I think it'll be interesting to see if Elway's able to get some kind of a trade. Sure. Maybe like a, a sixth or seventh conditional pick for Devontae Booker so you at least get something for him. Because I think there has to be some interest in him from, from teams around the NFL because – Injuries happen to running backs, and you need to have depth. I, I imagine, term- yeah, Houston is probably one of those places that might be looking, and some of those other some of those other teams that have have suffered some injuries. I think you're right about that. And in terms of the depth, it'll be interesting to see what they're able to do with Devontae Jackson and then Kalfani Muhammad, because I, I've been listeners of the podcast know I've been raving about Muhammad since the beginning of training camp. And I wonder if they're going to be able to stash him on the practice squad with how he's flashed throughout the course of training camp. And then again in the hall of fame game. Yeah. He's, he's put it on tape. You know, that's one of the things you hear players talk about. Uh, He's had the ability to put it on tape. And so people have seen him perform when a guy performs like that. It's, it's nearly impossible to hide them. So I don't imagine that that's going to happen. Uh, It's surprising how much depth it looks like the Broncos have at running back. I think that's one of the other things that sort of pops up in that. When we talk about names that pop and guys that seem to show up and can put it on tape, they've got a they've got a fair amount of players on on the roster, so I'm not surprised by that. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So we've kind of touched on this a little bit with, we touched on it with Dalton Reisner. I think there are some tone setters that uh, you could talk about in the, the running backs area. I mean, Philip Lindsay is obviously a tone setter. Maybe Theo Riddick is, is going to come in and want to be one of those guys. But uh, you were telling me a story about being out at camp today. Uh, let's not forget, Ian goes to camp. He's bringing his, his eyes with him, and he's telling us what he's seeing. Uh, but you had a conversation with Cecil Lammy of 104.3 uh, FM, the uh, sports talk radio uh, out in Denver that's what is the most listened to or whatever. Um, not to be flippant about it, but I'm not going to get too far into it. But Cecil's a pretty good guy, and he asked you a question. And I think you had a, an interesting answer. I had sort of a, a ho-hum answer, and I thought Cecil's answer to you was really interesting. So um, why don't you tell us the question that he asked you? So as we're watching basically a, a glorified walkthrough, getting ready for the Seahawks, Cecil asks me, is there a tone setter on defense? And it's for a story that he's writing. And I thought about it. And obviously you could add Von Miller, but I think we were talking about this 
And I, I, I think Von Miller is more of a tone setter with how he plays just because of how good he is. Yeah, I agree with that. My answer was Kareem Jackson. Because when you think of the tone setters the 2015 defense had, it was Aqib Tlaib and it was TJ Ward. It was guys who had swag, who had confidence, who you knew they were going to back up how they played. And it's it's something that has been lacking since Aqib left for the LA Rams. I think Kareem Jackson brings that in. And you made the point about how he's a new guy to the locker room and you usually have to give them time to get to that point. I think with how he how he plays and how much of a veteran he is and the guys know who he is, I think that that takes away that. Because if you see him on the field, and I, I saw it today, I was taking a video of Von Miller welcoming the, the fans who were in the front row of training camp on the hill. He was welcoming them with a high five. And out comes... Kareem Jackson, singing. And you see how he plays. He's, he had two pick sixes on Mon- in Monday's practice. You know he's going to hit you. If you haven't seen how Kareem Jackson plays as a defensive back, go back and watch his hit on Philip Lindsay in that game last season at Mile High. That's how he plays. So I think the tone setter for this defense is Kareem Jackson. It's an interesting way to look at it. And I think you're right, um, at least in the way that you've described it, right? And it's something that will will play out sort of as the season plays on. You know, as as the games go on, uh, you'll see guys sort of step into certain roles. Uh, One of the guys that I mentioned to you that um, was sort of my ho-hum answer, but I do think it has some, you know, some validity to it is is Derek Wolf. I think Derek Wolf is a guy who has always been a bit of a tone setter, uh, definitely up front on the line. He's in the trenches. He's one of those guys that he's he's just a big, scary looking dude. Uh, and I think he's got a bit of an attitude as well, and that helps him. Um, you know, that, that to me is maybe more of a standard answer. I like the idea of Kareem Jackson stepping into that Aqib Talib, TJ Ward role where you know on the back end you're going to have to pay for every yard that you get because he's going to be back there making sure that you pay for it, which is great. That's an awesome thing to have. The other name that was brought up between you and Cecil that sort of I think was a really good name, you know, the more I think about it, and when he was talking to you, he said Bradley Chubb. That to me is an interesting one. Bradley Chubb in his second year – Obviously, more confidence, right? He's got the skill. He's shown that he's got abilities that are uh, commensurate with guys like Von Miller. He's going to be somebody who's getting to the quarterback, who's who's going to only get better as his career goes on. And to me, that's a that's a guy who could step into that role as well. A guy who gains confidence in being a second year player. I really like that. I'm curious, kind of, what his takeaway was when you talked to him about it. It's because of. It's his second year. I think a large part of it is the defense he's playing in and the system he's now in with Vic Fangio. And it's just because how much of a beast he is. Cecil told me that he thinks that Chubb will have a better year than Von Miller. And that's not to take away anything from Von Miller because as Cecil said, Von will continue to get double and triple teamed. The reason that that Cecil said it was because if you go one-on-one with Bradley Chubb, 
he is going to destroy whoever it is you line up next to him if it's one on one. Yeah, the ma- it's 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 a it's a matchup issue, right? And when teams are game planning for the Denver Broncos, who are you going to stop? Are you going to stop Von Miller or are you going to stop Bradley Chubb? Right? And then if you get an interior rush, now what are you going to ha- what are you going to do? I th- I think that the defensive line and the linebackers are set up to be very successful in this defense. I'm curious to see where it goes, but if you've got a tone setter on the line like a Derek Wolf or a guy a, a guy who rushes like Bradley Chubb, then you can ha- you don't have to have one tone setter. That's the other thing I think that is maybe an interesting way to look at it. It doesn't have to be one guy. You could have multiple guys out there setting the tone for their group of players, right? Derek Wolf can be the tone setter on the defensive line. Von Miller with his play and Bradley Chubb with his play uh, on the edge rushing can set the tone you can have guys like justin simmons even who i think has the potential to become a tone setter i'm not sure we're quite there yet or kareem jackson who i think after a game or two you're going to see that that's probably what he is all those guys can be tone setters every single guy on the defense chris harris jr can be a tone setter that to me makes it a better defense when everybody on the defense has the ability to set the tone at any given time in any given series in any given game so Talent-wise, this defense is set up to be successful, at least on an attitude basis, right? (laughs) They may have the best attitude in the NFL. I don't know if that's something you get points for, but it certainly helps. Those who have listened to the podcast long enough know that you and I have both made a comparison with Derek Wolf to a player of the Orange Crush days, and there is no doubt who the tone setter was for that defense. And Derek Wolf is kind of that same mold where can you imagine and of course i'm talking about lyle alzada i was gonna i I wanted to let you say it but yeah (laughs) but can you imagine if there wasn't if the 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 lyle alzado rule wasn't in play right now and you could still hit a guy with a helmet Derek wolf would be (laughs) that guy he absolutely would Derek wolf would be Derek wolf takes it all the way to the edge and then steps over just a little bit and then steps over a little bit more just to see what he can get away with and that type of, of attitude on defense is something you definitely need. And, and again, I think, I think it's a great question, but I think what it really leads to is the answer of there's a lot of guys on this defense that are tone setters. It doesn't have to be just one. It could be three or four different guys in three or four different ways that are setting the tone. And, and I think the point about Von Miller is, is important. He doesn't set the tone. He, he does. He's, he's fun. He's a, he's a great guy on the field. He's, you can tell, like I was, I was watching uh, Turning Point, uh, NFL Turning Point the other day, and it was on Super Bowl 50, not to go all the way back to ancient history, but uh, listening to the conversations that he had on the field with uh, DeMarcus Ware and then some of the other def- defenders, you can tell he's he knows what he's doing out there. But the way that he sets the tone is through his play. Like He's almost too good to be a tone setter because he's so good at what he does, it's not fair. Like not to compare him to Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan was the tone setter on his team and every team he ever played for because he was the best player on the field, on the, on the court. It didn't matter, uh, you know, what he said or what he did. Obviously he was vocal and people didn't mess with him, but it's that same concept. He's so good. He doesn't have to do anything else. That's what he does to set the tone. And then Michael Jordan was just Michael Jordan. So it's maybe not a fair comparison. In terms of Von Miller, there was a really interesting thread from Charles Robinson, who's with Yahoo. And if you don't follow Charles Robinson, you should. 
because he is one of the best investigative reporters that's in the country right now. He was out at Broncos camp at the end of July, July 31st, probably a couple of days before that. But he's, that's when he sent out his thread. And the first thing that he talks about is Von Miller. And I think this should get all of Broncos country excited. Charles said, after arriving to camp in the low 230s in 2018, Von Miller is a rocked up 250 this year for the Broncos. His power addition has been remarkable. So much so. Miller is almost unusable as a teaching tool in one-on-one drills because he destroys his opposing linemen every single rep. I, I guess I rest my case. Like there's there's the point I was trying to make. You can't you can't use him because he's too good. <laughs> Which is a ter- that's just a terrible problem to have, isn't it? Oh, we can't. We can't use him. He's too good. I think we, we're excited about the offense. We want to see what Flacco and the starters look like. We want to see what a competent quarterback can look like. And, and Joe Flacco has proven, at least over the course of his career, that he can be a competent quarterback. Absolutely. Whether or not he's elite remains to be seen. It's and I my am, department. I am not going to get rid of that joke ever. Why would you? But I think what you can get really excited about is this defense. I think this defense is going to be the best in the National Football League because you have two edge guys. The Bears didn't have two edge guys, the ability of Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. I'm not going to compare Von Miller and Bradley Chubb to Khalil Mack. I think they're completely different players. But I also think that you have a secondary where a lot of people thought they weren't sure what it was going to be because you're bringing in Kareem Jackson, you're bringing in Bryce Callahan, you have Chris Harris Jr., you have Justin Simmons and Will Parks. I think this defense will surprise people in the amount of turnovers it creates. I think they are going to get a lot of turnovers over the course of the season, which is only going to help the offense, which will make them better. It's just, I, I think it's going to be really, really exciting and fun to watch this defense. I think that is something that you can, you can have a, you can wet your whistle and have a wet appetite for because I think this defense is going to be that good. Good. That's what I want to hear because I agree with you, and I think it comes from uh, a change in scheme. I think it comes from a change in attitude on the on the field. I think it comes from the fact that there is a ton of talent out there, and this is a defense that can carry a team that is a mid-level offense to some serious success, and that that to me is something that. Uh, we're, we've grown accustomed to in Broncos country, and it doesn't have to go away. The difference will be that the offense won't be bottom third. I think you're looking at an offense that could be middle third, maybe even top half of the NFL, especially if the defense is giving them awesome field position. So there are a lot of positives to be taken away from everything here. Uh, that being said, we do have a game coming up on Thursday, the first preseason game after the first scrimmage, I suppose. I don't know, what whatever you want to call a Hall of Fame game. But uh, let's do let's just do a little preview. We've kind of been previewing it throughout, but is there anything aside from what we want to see with the starters that we should be looking for during the first preseason game? I think it's just continued development. I think we saw a, a, a touch of what Fangio and his coaching staff are going to be able to do and how they they lead a game. I think one of the most re- remarkable statistics 
and it was in the comment section of my winners and losers after the game. Over the course of the game, according to Pro Football Focus, the Broncos only had two missed tackles. Really? So it's I just continue to, to look at how they do the basics, how they do the little things. Are they continually trying or have they improved from the Hall of Fame game to the Seattle game? How are the little things progressing? Because I'm going to do a little bit of a teaser here for a story that I will have drop at Mile High Report on Sunday. And I think it's a big reason why I think the defense will be successful and why they're, they're in a position to have success is because of the familiarity between all the coaches from Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel and Brandon Staley. They know each other so well in and out. They know the system. The players can trust them that they know that they're going to put them in a position to have success. But in terms of the game, just look at the little things. Watch. Are there, are there silly mistakes being made? Are they committing penalties or are they not? I mean, that's the most important thing about a preseason game is getting the little things right so that once the season gets around, you've already been there. You know that if you do the little things, you'll have success. Right. It's not about wins and losses here. And I'm going to go back to something that Dalton Reisner said. Uh, this is when you make mistakes. This is when you learn from those mistakes. And this is when you correct those mistakes. So uh, I think as fans, you have to remember the, the final score doesn't really matter. Uh, obviously, at the end of the game, you hope that uh, whatever backup quarterback is in there and whatever third and fourth string running backs and wide receivers and linemen are in there can score some points and make it so that your team wins. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if they win or lose. What matters is how much they can improve on what they have done going you know, from, from the past and then moving forward. So it uh, should be fun. I'm not even going to give a score prediction. Um, any, any players to watch that you, uh, you want to make mention of before we say goodbye? Definitely Joe Flacco. I, I think another uh, player to watch, is, and I think he will be over the course of the season, is Dalton Reisner. And then on defense, Draymond Jones. Yeah, I'd like. To, uh, he's the name that I that I would like to see come up a lot. He's not going to get starter reps, obviously, but I'd like to see him continue to sort of impose himself on Broncos country and keep you know keep his name in uh, you know in everybody's mind because I think that that bodes well for a defensive line that can continue to to build on that and gain some success and become uh, a pretty formidable defense uh, in the NFL in 2019. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.